1: Urban Glory Radio Simply Glorious
0: Urban Glory Radio Simply Glorious In spreading the gospel to the world We have designed a streaming radio broadcast For every believer This word, worship, and witness field broadcast Streams live every week Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day Subscribe to our iTunes podcast And take UGR wherever you go visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast.
1: A man. only you can and who else could measure the heavens
0: Praise the Lord This is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it Um, I was glad when they said Let's be the church And we are the church The pillar ground of truth I want to thank God for our UGMA member um, Singing that wonderful song um, Minister Eugene Brown Or Elder Eugene Brown Who is a UGMA member That's doing an excellent and outstanding job Of course he's the minister of music And at several great ministries. Um one in particular is um the empowerment temple in Baltimore, Maryland. So um I pray that you were blessed by his teaching. Amen. And so I'm going to get a confirmation that I am being heard correctly and then I'm gonna get right into the lesson. Amen. So um if you don't have a notebook If you don't have a notebook, get a notebook because we're going to be discussing some great things tonight. And I, I, I'm impressed by, I'm impressed at the Holy Spirit because he's giving me this lesson, but um, not only has he given me this lesson, but I think it's apropos to somebody um, and to many people that um are doing great. Amen. So let's pray and not delay and get right into our new series today entitled Faith and the Workplace Empowering the Workforce by Working. For the Lord, empowering the workforce By working for the Lord And we're going to look at several things, let's pray Father we thank you and praise you for this day Knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice And are glad, we do thank you for another opportunity To worship you in spirit and in truth It is the authority of your word That gives me confidence to make boldly known The mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ I do lean and depend on that Holy Spirit That gives me clear articulation Of speech and deliberation of thought As I make manifold known the wisdom Of God, Holy Spirit I say Have your way, do what only you can do Anoint the people's ears to hear What the Spirit has to say to the church And Father, in everything that shall be Accomplished and revealed, you be Glorified, for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory In Jesus' precious name Amen You know, when when we talk about work We are really discussing Really God's plan For our life, not only um, In what we produce Out of our efforts um, but also in his predestined will for us. He For those whom he did, did foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed into the image of his son. And there's a facet of God's image that's to be reflected in what we do and express in our life. And we have been called and commissioned, everyone that is on the planet, have been called and commissioned by God to produce works for the Lord. And so we're going to talk about working for the Lord. And perhaps you um, have a job. Perhaps you are looking for a job. Perhaps you uh, are, are seeking God as to what you should do. And I just believe in this particular series that we're going to be able to reflect uh, the teach this teaching in a way so that way you can have confidence in what God's plan is for your life. I'm reminded of a famous story, and I call it the Pot Roast Story. And it is um, it is where a great grandmother, a grandmother, a mother, and a daughter, a granddaughter, um, is presented with a discussion. And of course, it is a family gathering time where they celebrate each year for the family, maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas or a holiday where all generations are assembled in one room. And they they come and they share different recipes and um, and menus that are commonly known and associated with their family. So um, at this particular time, glory to God, um, at this particular time, the granddaughter um, is observant as to how they cook the pot roast. And she noticed that the the pot roast was placed into two different pans, although it could fit in one pan, and it was cut in half. So she inquired from her mother as to why they cut the pot roast in half. And the mother said, I don't know. I've seen my mother do it. So the uh, mother and the granddaughter goes to the grandmother at this point and, asks, and inquires, why do we cut the pot roast in half? It's a family tradition. Why do we do this? The grandmother says, I don't know, but great-grandma is here. And um, I've seen her do that, so I've done it, and y'all seen me do it, so you do it. And so as a result, they go to the great-grandmother, and the great-grandmother, unaware of the tradition that has been passed down to cut the pot roast in half, is, is presented with this discussion on the pot roast. Why is the pot roast cut in half? And so the grandmother then begins to chuckle because she is aware that a tradition was created without an explanation. And so she laughs, and she puts her head down and puts it back up and says, well, sweeties, when I cut the pot roast in half, I didn't have a pot big enough to uh, to roast the pot roast. So the only reason why I cut it in half was because I could not fit it Um, in the pot that I have, but by now I'm sure you have plenty of pots that you can fit it all in one. There was nothing significant to it. It was just a simple explanation that had become a tradition, um, um, unaware. And perhaps that may happen in life. People have thrown you information, and you jumped off of it, that information that was thrown at you and made traditions or habits out of that. Maybe it is reflective in how you choose your careers, or maybe it's reflective, that same pot roast mentality of cutting something in half uh, because this is the way it is. This is how it should be. This is the direction that you go going. After all, you're only good at this. Maybe you should try this. And these things are thrown at you, and as a result of you not inquiring specifically as what God would want you to do, the pot roast mentality has become your philosophy when it comes to your workforce. But perhaps if we can examine ourselves to see whether we are in faith, and anything that is not done in faith, the scripture says, is sin. So that means even when I get saved, born again, I evaluate everything that I do and I examine to make certain that I'm in faith. And that also should be reflective in the workplace. And a lot of times people go to work and they don't even know that you're saved. They don't even know that you're focused on achieving God's will. But part of expressing work for the Lord is, is having this evaluation and this, this um. This type of conviction approach in the workplaces. So as we begin this today, we're going to empower the, the working for the Lord concept in our life. How do we do that? Let's begin with the ABCs of Christian work. The ABCs of Christian work. What is that? It's just a simple um, way to open up our dialogue. First of all, we, all things with the attitude of Christ. I said we approach all things with the attitude of Christ. Secondly, we become brilliant in beliefs and actions through the power of Christ. We become brilliant in our beliefs and actions through the power of Christ. And then thirdly, we characterize our working culture with the excellency of Christ because we know that our life is hit with Christ in God. And the life that we live, we live now by the faith of the Son of God. Our life expresses God's power at work in us to live is Christ. And, of course, to die to the ways of the world, to die to our own ways, and to relinquish our rights to Christ sets us apart so that we can be useful for the master's use. And this is something that we as the believers are going to be faced with in, in this day that we live in. We're going to be faced with the challenge of, of having to stand working for the Lord, stand working for the Lord, faith in the workplace. So let's deal with a, 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 a theological, God-logic depiction of the concepts of work. And we'll go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Proverbs chapter 16, 3 through 5, Colossians 3, 23, 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 9, and John 14, 11 through 13. I'll read it one more time. This is what we're going for no sakes. We're going to go to these five passages, develop a theological depiction of the concepts of working for the Lord. Ephesians two ten, Proverbs 16, 3 through 5, Colossians 3 23. And 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 9, John 14, 11 through 13. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, we are his workmanship created in Christ. We have been created in Christ. And that's what I talked about in our ABCs of Christian work approaching all things with the attitude of Christ, being brilliant in beliefs and actions through the power of Christ, and characterizing our working culture with the excellency of Christ. We are God's workmanship created in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in. So we are not only just working for the Lord, but we are a product of the works of the Lord. We are a product of the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so so it's it's imperative that we look at that. And then in the scripture in Proverbs sixteen, verses three through five it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord. Not only are you a work of the Lord, but you also commit your works unto the Lord so that your thoughts might be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself, and yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone that is proud in the heart is an abomination unto the Lord. Though joined hand in hand, he shall not go unpunished. So we know that we commit ourselves unto the Lord. If you are born again, you should always reflect faith in the workplace. That's what I'm trying to push. And then in um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord, and not unto men. We don't work for anybody but God, because God commands us to work. Glory to God. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Verses 1-9 through nine, it says moreover We do wit the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia How that in great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy um, And of their deep poverty abounded unto the many riches of their liberality For to their power I bear record Yea and beyond their power they were willing of themselves Praying much for with us in treaty that we would then receive the gifts and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And they did this, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God in so much that we desired um, Titus, that um, as he began, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye have abounded everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence, and your love, see that you go beyond in this grace also of giving. So I speak not as a commandment, but at, by the occasion of the forwardness of others, and that to pr- prove the sincerity of your love, for, the, for ye know that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be Rich, and so we have been given a, 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 a an endowment of a great investment uh, from the Lord, right? That um, that makes us rich because of Him taking on the poverty of this world, the natures of this world, and conquering it, so that we can achieve what He wants us to do. Amen. So they gave of themselves. We must commit ourselves to the Lord, work heartily for the Lord, know that we are his workmanship. But then the scripture gives us a challenge in John chapter 14, verses 11 through 13, and it says, Believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is also in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. I love the way Jesus puts this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So the Lord is letting us know he has plans for us to achieve the extraordinary through works, and that is the theology of the works of the Lord. We give ourselves wholly knowing that God has worked in us, he has worked with us. He has worked for us, and he empowers us to work for others. And we are committed to this completely. We've committed our works unto the Lord. We have done whatever we do. We do it as unto the Lord. We, We give of ourselves totally to the Lord, knowing that the challenge for us is to do greater works than even Jesus did. And as a result, if that is our perception, if that's what we get from the Scriptures to motivate us to work, for the Lord we will see faith reflected in the workplace and why is this necessary because God has told us and he's commanded us let our light so shine before men that they might see our good works and glorify our father which is in heaven so there are things that we do to advance the work that God has ordained us to do first we reflect the image we carry within this is what advances us. We reflect the of, of the, the image that we carry within. What does that mean? We are his workmanship, created unto Jesus, unto good works, which he has before ordained that we should walk in them. We rely on the Holy Spirit's help because the Holy Spirit leads and guides us into the truth, and we resolve not only to do the best, but to be the best. We resolve to be the best. And so the scripture also gives us the mentalities of working for the Lord, that we should have some things in place and intact. First, we should work while it's day, John 9 4. That means we should work with a sense of, of seizing the moment, taking an opportunity to take advantage. We should always be on the up and up, progressive in our in our thinking. Now, this is not limited to you just having a work and reflecting the nature of Jesus Christ when you go to work, but this is your whole attitude or your mentality about work that you do for yourself, work that you do for your ministry, work that you do um, um, to achieve goals in life, and work that you do for your public and pro- professional vocation. All of these works must be reflective of the image that you carry within. You rely on the Holy Spirit. You resolve to be the best and do the best, but you have to work, with the guys that you only have a window of time. Not only that you work as unto the Lord. We said that in Colossians three two. That whatsoever we do, we do it heartedly. We do it from a place of the heart. So you should not be working from something that your heart can't connect to. Your heart should be connected, because out of your, um, out of the issues of it says guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. Glory to God. So we work. Um, While it's day we work unto the Lord But we also work for the greater good And I already quoted that in Matthew 5 Men will see your works And they will give God glory So if you're going to have faith in the workplace Everything should be reflective On your relationship with God That's why you don't cheat people out When you do business that, That's why you let your yay be yay And your nay be nay Because anything else is evil That's why you give your best and some people, they just don't give God the best. They, you know, for instance, the church is one of the most mistreated um, uh, entities and organizations and organisms that that is that is actually misrepresented in the workforce. And as a result, we've got a lot of things going on in church that should not be because people are not working while it's day, working unto the Lord, and working for the greater good. Now the enemies to working mentality is number one worldly lust Titus two twenty um, Titus two twelve, and then the w- w- weariness and weariness of mind Hebrews twelve one through three, and then the works of the flesh these these are things that are cancerous to our walk with the Lord and working for the Lord. But if we're going to have faith in the workplace, we're going to have to have this mentality and have strength over these enemies that prevent us from doing and achieving God's best. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord Jesus. Now, in, in addition to that, uh, we want to find out what working for the Lord is and what is not, okay? So working for the Lord is not a way of, to success in life. Is not because you, you can be successful in life and be completely out of the will of God. And that's why you need to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. But not only that, also working for the Lord is not just wrestling with the resolves assessed in, um, um, in uh, your assignments. Because a lot of times people say working for the Lord is just identifying their call. That's just one aspect of what the Lord wants you to do. But in all, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him so that he can direct your path. Don't isolate and confine God to the areas that you think he's interested in. And one of the areas that he's interested in in your life is your work. Because your work should always be reflective of your state of faith. That's what I'm telling you. Where you work and how you work and what you do or what you involve yourself in should always be reflective of your state of faith. And if not, you need to examine yourself as to why you're not being reflective of your faith. In addition to this, working working for the Lord is not always working in a church ministry. Don't confine God to how you work in the church. And don't just say, because I'm on the choir or I'm an usher or I might clean the church once a month or I might help this, that you're working for the Lord. The safest place in the whole world is in the will of God. And if that is if, if you're just choosing what you're doing to, to appease yourself or to make it seem like this is work for the Lord, then you could be doing it wrong. If he's not Lord of all. I, my friend, he's not Lord at all. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so we need to make certain that we include the Lord in what we're doing, why we're doing it, and where we're doing it at. And this is what this particular lesson challenges us to. And there's not enough preachers out here saying, because, of course, people want your money. People want you to have uh, uh, uh you know, influence, and they want you to have good jobs so they can benefit from your contributions uh, that you selectively give in the church. But no one is challenging you to examine if you're in the place that God wants you to be. Now, God gives us three purposes or three aspects of purpose so that we can attain his will for our lives. First, he establishes the revelation of our uniquenesses. He, he lets us know that there are some things within us that we have innately that makes us distinctively different, but not only distinctively different, but distinctively unique. Just like our, our fingerprints are distinctively unique and assigned to us specifically, we also have a unique ability to perform a task or a function or an idea or to produce a workforce or a work culture and we need to find out exactly don't wait till you're too old or too young it's never too late to find out God's plan for your life through uniqueness but often what God does even if you don't uh, are unaware he, he he provides opportunities through a united uh, aspect of purpose so when you don't know what your unique abilities are the first thing you should do is engaged into united forces of purposes. That means, and this is not only just for work. And, I, and yeah, you should also examine this as, as why you're working and why you're, uh, you know, because a lot of things that you um, patting yourself off of will be based on your perspective. But what I'm charging now is your perspective about working. Period. Is what you're doing reflecting the nature of God and is it a, reflect, a direct reflection of your faith? Can people see God in what you're doing and why you're doing it? If, if you're striving, I'm not saying you're, you're striving. If you're striving for what the Lord wants you to do and if you've never taken the time to examine to see if this is what God wants you to do in that area, could you imagine why why God is reluctant to give you the, the outline and the agenda of your identity? Because you have not connected And and this world requires connectivity. So you have to unite to other purposes in order to attain access to your own plans and your own uniquenesses and distinctiveness. So there is a united purpose. And often God will place you in a church and you get involved in the ministries of the church to develop uh, relationships and networks in the church so that you can have reflective moments like this and be placed in what God wants you to do. And often he will do that in the church, but he also will do that at your local place, at your public place. He will connect you with people if you allow him to be Lord over your life so that you can always be in a position where you take on the agenda that God wants you to do and achieve it. And so faith is the lifestyle of the believer. It is the, it's a the lifestyle as a result of us accepting the lordship of Jesus Christ and us acting on those convictions and beliefs based on the confidence that he hears us, that we know his voice, and voices of others we will not follow. That's faith in the workplace. So th- what we're saying is, look, your workplaces begins with what God has assigned you to do as work in your unique in your unique abilities and what you've been united to and then what ultimately universally glorifies God because you don't want to live this life where you're set, where God identifies your life and reveals the quality of life and you never please and achieve uh, what his plan is for you. And these are hard questions to ask, especially when you've indulged in activities just to get money or just to get by. And God doesn't want us to just to get by. He wants us to have a plan. The steps of good men are not suggested by the Lord. They are ordered of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so we are empowered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. For the work but we know that it's not a way to success we know that it's not a wrestle with one's um, assessment to their calling and it's not just working in the church ministry but we do know that walking and working for the Lord um, empowers us to have access of service and brilliance of mind and creative motivation and innovation glory to God so so those are the areas that I wanted to really cover tonight in that in that particular order amen Amen, amen, and amen. So we're going to have more in the next lesson, and I'm going to be able to expand and expound even more. But I believe I've given enough um, information to where you can can stand. I want to remind you of, of, of three things and then close in Proverbs. I want you to gain an awareness of God's plan for your life and gain a picture. Start by discovering your purposes, your unique purposes, your united purposes, and your universal purpose. But then gather clarity and direction from God as where he wants you to go by developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit, understanding the path of God, not only the plans of God and the purposes of God, but also the path that he wants you to go. And that will force you to grow in the nature of God. The nature of God is realized through high appreciation of of the word of God, desire the word of God to grow, develop the word of Christ, and then be diligent uh, in the word and, and stay above the world, amen? So the scripture lets us know, there are many devices in a man's heart. This is Proverbs 19, 21 through 23. In the King James Version, it said there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. The desire of man is his kindness. And a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. And he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. What am I saying to you today? That if you allow faith to take place in the workplace of your life, there's a divine protection that prevents evil and anything happening in your life. Sometimes when things go ha- um, um, haywire in our workforce, it's because God is challenging, it, challenging us to look deep within ourselves and to find out where we are in faith because it will be faith that changes the world. Let's pray. Father, I delight in knowing you and knowing your plans and purposes. But it is your plans and purposes that will prevail over our ambitions and our agendas. Help us to focus in on what the priorities of faith are, because we know that without faith it's impossible, first, to please you. But not only that, God, we ask that you would give us grace, a measure, an abundant measure of grace to afford us the privilege of advancing in our workforce through faith. Let faith be so evident that we will see the advantages of walking by faith and not by sight. Let faith be so evident in our hearts that we will advance and excel above and beyond that which we ask, think, or desire. And in the process, you provide the plans and the path in which you develop light for us to see as you see us so that we can say and do what you would have us to do. Father, we give faith a place back our works do, whether it be writing and creating work or whether it be uh, engaging into fields and opportunities for success. Lord, we give that place and that space back to you in the name of Jesus. And, Father, whatever place that we find ourselves in, we thank you for your grace, your ability, your divine favor, enabling us to see the pictures that is bigger than what we can ask or think. Help us come to that hill where you are, that we will see from a higher perspective and learn your ways. We give ourselves totally to you to reveal faith in the workplace, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa.